1: Hey, hey, Gator Nation, welcome back to the Respect Our Decision podcast. As always, I'm your boy, Hirsch, and with me is the hype man, Wes.
2: What's good? What's good, Gator Nation?
1: CJ, the man, McCann. What's going on, guys? And our special guest tonight, guys, from Gators uh, Own three. And, of course, you know him from the Stadium and Gale podcast, Nick De La Torre. Nick, how's it going, brother? Going well,
0: going well. Uh, got to see uh, another Florida Gator uh, win over Florida State. Uh, I've seen a lot of those in 10 years covering that baseball program up in Jacksonville. I um, mean, if you haven't been there, that's a beautiful park uh, to go watch a game at. So head up to Jacksonville. To down. It's actually
1: My- quicker for me to get to Jacksonville than it is to Gainesville. I might have to do that next year it's right there i mean it's uh behind right
0: field you see shoot where are they calling that whatever the whatever their whatever sponsor sent the last check to the city of jacksonville to put their name on the football stadium is right there they share a parking lot
1: yes sir guys as always make sure you check us out wherever you get your podcast from we're available on all major providers and as always guys if you're not already subscribe to the youtube channel Hit the notification bell so you get a notification every time we drop new comment. Drop a like on the video and leave us a comment, man. Tell us how we're doing, what you think of the show. Uh, tell us our takes are wrong, even if you want to. I mean, hey, that's what we're here for. And as always, guys, make sure you go and check out our friends at Alma Mater. The link will be in the description of the video, guys. Go ahead and support a good gator business that also supports our gator athletes at Alma Mater. Check that link out. It'll be in the description below. Nick, man, we're going to jump right into it, man. It's been a good week for Florida football, kind of on some fronts, bad on some others. We got us a commitment yesterday from R.J. Moten, former former of the Michigan State Wolverines. Looks like we finally maybe got ourselves a, some safety help in here to compete for the starting job. What's your take on R.J. Moten, man? Are you, are you happy with this pickup? Yeah, I
0: think um, it's a room. So at this point in the transfer portal, Uh, everyone's going to have warts, you know, you're not getting a perfect player in the portal. So you can point to, well, he wasn't great at tackling last year. It's like, okay, well, where's, where's the Moss in in the transfer portal? Where's, you know, uh, major right in the transfer portal. They're not there. Um, So you've got to find something that fits your needs and something that makes your football team better. What did you need in the safety room? You need a veteran, a veteran leadership. Um, RJ Moton has more games than Miguel Mitchell and Kamari Wilson combined have together. So you, you feel that role immediately. This is a guy who's played high power five football, was on a team that went to uh the national championship last year, uh, or the college football playoff last year. And and a guy who will come in, and if he doesn't win a starting job, gives you veteran leadership in a room that desperately needs it. I mean, after Miguel Mitchell and and, and uh, and Kamari Wilson, you've got just true freshmen, really. Jadarius Perkins is listed as a safety, but I think he's a, a guy that'll play nickel, um, along with Jaden Hill. So you, you just needed veteran leadership. So I think it, it's it's a cool story, um uh, with his dad and him being a legacy. Um, I think he's a good player and he and he fills a, a huge need. Um, I don't know if he's you know a first team all SEC player, like, I don't know if you're going to get. Uh, the same kind of impact that Ricky Pearsall gave you, um, but if you would, if I were, if I would done this podcast this time last year, I didn't think I, would, I didn't think I'd be talking about Ricky Pearsall in the way that I'm talking about him now either. So <laughs> uh, he could he could surprise us, but I think this is a really good commitment for Florida, just because it filled such a big need, and I think he will contend uh, for a starting spot at safety.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, the biggest. Thing to take away with him is the experience. I mean, there is mm-hmm. there's no one in that room that has this amount of experience. uh The knocks on him are maybe he's a poor tackler, but he's he's great in coverage. So mm-hmm. you know, to maybe challenge Kamari at that free safety spot, which we know Kamari may not have the the foot speed. His his coverage could be questionable at, at best. I mean, we really don't know yet. We don't know what kind of step forward he's going to take. Um, you've got obviously you've got Corey Raymond coaching that room this year, so he's going to get good guidance it's a great pickup in my eyes. I mean, just, mm-hmm. just to get the experience in that room and and to have somebody to challenge those young guys. Um, but if we're going to talk about the good, we need to talk about the bad for a minute. And obviously this week um, we saw Josh Simmons, the offensive tackle out of San Diego state went ahead and committed to Ohio state. Um, this was a guy that Gators were banking on to try to add to that offensive line room. And we know, we're short a few bodies. There's been some injuries, obviously with uh, weights and Michael mazuka are you know amongst others that we dealt with during the spring, um, and it and it brought up a lot of questions about how we were approaching this portal cycle, and you know, Billy waiting what it seemed like for the portal to close for us to go after people. I, I saw your comments with with Zach on on your podcast and and your take on what we were doing here would, I just want to get into that for a second for our listeners. Um You're very questionable about their, their strategy with, with this cycle, aren't you?
0: Yeah. And, and I think people ran with it and were like, see, I, well, it, it probably depends on what your perspective is. If your perspective is Billy stinks, it was a bad hire fire. Jeremy <laughs> fire, Billy clean house. <laughs> then you probably heard what I said. And you were like, see, Nick's saying it too. Um I, I think that they have an unbelievable twenty twenty a start to the twenty twenty four high school recruiting class. I think if you look three years in a row, Billy's gotten an elite high school quarterback to commit to him. Um obviously what happened with Jaden Rashada didn't work out, but then you get DJ Lagway and Austin Simmons, and we'll get into baseball later, but I, I've just started watching Austin Simmons um pitching. This kid might you might want to get him on the campus soon because this kid might be uh might have draft eligible stuff. Uh, from the left side on the mat 90 plus 90 Um, plus already isn't he yeah he's 90 and 94 i've seen him top 95 his stuff plays he he, yeah he he took
3: a jump uh from like throwing like 86 88 to to 93 94 which is a a tremendous jump man
0: i watched a couple and everyone says they watch tape i mean they're highlights (laughs) they're being put together by the coaches they're highlights but i'm watching him and i'm like the stuff plays so i text uh, Dr. Coleman, who's the recruiting coordinator for baseball, is like, "Yeah, no, this this kid this kid can pitch." Um, so might be a you know true two sport guy. Um, but my, my problem with getting back to it, um, I, I'm easily distracted. Um, getting back to it, my my issue was you have so you have such a big staff, and and Florida the administration has never given a football coach this kind of money to have a staff like this. It's one of the biggest staffs in the country. To me, if you have people this big of a staff, I, I get that you want to. And Billy Napier said tonight in Sarasota that you want you, you have your evaluation period. That's cool. You have so many people. Those evaluations shouldn't be waiting until somebody pops into the portal. And, and if you're waiting, like the example I used on, on the podcast, Caleb Williams, is he going to transfer? No. Should you have a file ready in case Caleb Williams wants to transfer? Yeah. Yeah, he's going to be the number one quarterback. Yeah, we're ready in case he wants to transfer, and and you know something happens, and he wants to come to Florida, we're ready for that. Um, and, and you have you know the army to do that. And so that was my question: was why, why is it, it Billy Napier had called this the the transfer portal kind of speed dating, specifically this second window when it's only open for 15 days, and it did not seem like he was on you know a Netflix dating show. It seemed like he was, um, you know, uh, courting somebody back in the eighteen hundreds, and it was a long <laughs> dating process. So uh, that, that, that was, my issue. Yeah, that Raid was Raid. my issue. Yeah, that was my issue. It was sending ravens.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and uh, and mom and dad had to sit, sit in on the first date in the living room too. Um, so that was that was my problem with it. But if you look at the roster, like they understand the importance of the transfer portal, and, and even if you don't want to give him credit for the UL guys. Um, you still have Ricky Pearsall. You still have Micah mazuka Keontae Goodwin. You still have a bunch of guys who I think, and I consider some of the better players on your roster from the transfer portal. So I think I did not intend to start the fire that <laughs> I started. Um, I only had an issue with, their strategy for this two-week period i wasn't saying that they're incompetent or anything it it was a deliberate strategy and i didn't agree with and don't agree with the strategy my job isn't on the line for (laughs) for this strategy so so they're doing it they believe in it you know Mm -hmm. anytime a coach makes a strategy or a plan they're putting their job on the line because it's a talent acting business if if you play something and you don't get enough talent and you don't win enough games, then you're not going to be here. So they, they strongly believe in it. And, um, I think I was just voicing my opinion that I didn't agree with the strategy for this two week period. Um uh, Billy Nader did say today that they tried to get guys in. Um, he said, you know, listen, it's the university of Florida. Um, he, his word, my words, not his. It's not Marshall. It's uh, it's hard to get in. They've tried to get guys in in the first transfer portal window, um, specifically a quarterback who <laughs> couldn't get into the University of Florida. Wow, and, and that and weird. that's it, and that's going to be an issue. Um, I mean, so man, it, it's, it's I, we
1: know. I I got to not. I I think most Gator fans know yeah. who you're talking about there. Yeah. The, the young man that went back to his school because he his, <laughs> his transcripts were. were he might've spelled his name wrong on his transcripts from, from you know, <laughs> Cran. Let, let me ask you this, Nick. Um, Cause we talked about this on our, on our question show, our pot of the people. Do you think, you know, the, it's been said over and over again that Billy Napier adapts. He's really good at adapting. Mm-hmm. Is he having to adapt too much? Like, are we seeing this well, kind of thing happen a little too often? Well,
0: to me, it's, it's everyone is still learning. Um And Florida was, like, what happened with John Ruiz in Florida last year, first off, NIL was unprecedented. And then you had a a super booster who just was like, yeah, sure, I would rather earn money than have good players go to the University of Florida. So Florida not only was learning as it was, learning how to adapt and, and change to NIL being legal and the trans portal but they had a rival school have a a super booster being like hey we have this NIL offer for you if you don't go to Florida and commit to us right now and just stay here um, so if i think Florida through unprecedented times and everyone's adapting um, but not everyone was happy compete with John Ruiz for an entire portal portal period um, i think also that Florida Looking at the way that that Dan, in my opinion, Dan Mullen won with a bunch of Jim McElwain players, um, and then started to lose with his players and wasn't recruited, which is part of the reason why he he was relieved of his duties. And when I look at the roster, Florida ha- wasn't competing with Georgia, LSU, and, and Texas A&M, and Alabama. And now your roster, you're being catch so. I think the portal gives you, affords you some chance to play catch up quicker, to, to run a little faster. Um, they're going to be deliberate and get their, their guys in. So everyone is adapting. I just don't – I think maybe we, the fans as well as me, did not fully grasp how long and how big of a a rebuild that this might be. And, and I think Billy did because uh, he was preaching patience from his opening press conference, Uh, you know, wearing a suit until – you know, drenched in sweat after games, preaching patience, and I think that uh, it's it's hard to come by, especially when you have a back to lo- back losing seasons. Even if one of them, one of them is for you.
1: Yeah, I know. I know this is something Wes wants to probably hit on too, and I'm going to kind of throw it out there. Um, talking about patience, how much patience do we need to have with the uh, with the two offensive line coaches in in our recruiting efforts right now? <laughs> Well that
0: so that that's the issue. So if I I don't see Billy Napier going away from having two offensive line coaches. Um I think that you know if you if you have pillars of your program, I think that's one of them. Um I think for hearing him talk tonight, I think another one of them would be that their evaluation process, me saying Hey, I think you're messing up these last two weeks. It's like, I'm going to stop saying that because I think that's a pillar of his program. So I don't see them changing that. So I don't know if I, I'm going to start yelling about it. Uh, but you need and Rob Sales' is guy. He's been that for a while, kind of like Dan Mullen and John Hevesy. Like, I don't know that Billy Napier will get rid of Rob Sale or, or, or Darnell Stapleton. I think Florida and Billy Napier specifically sees a lot of value in having Two offensive line coaches, a bunch of the recruits that that I've talked to, that Corey Bender, Keith Nieber have talked to, have said the same thing that it's super unique and that they like that. Um, it, it's I think offensive line is a tough position though. It's there's so much there's so much projection into it. You're almost like an, uh, like a like a baseball scout looking at a 14 year old pitcher throwing 83 miles an hour, and you're like, well, he's got some, he's lanky and he can do this, and will throw 98 by the time he's 20. There's so much projection. I remember going to watch Martez Ivy um, play a high school game and looking at him, and then they didn't throw the ball at all, um, and he was 130 pounds bigger than anyone that was that else was on the field. I'm like, yeah, he looks great, but he's playing against me as defense. He should look great. Um, So even those five star guys uh, will take some time. So um, I think they value the 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 teaching that they get, the development that they get from those two guys um, more so than than anything else. And and whenever I hear or get questions about how we're going to have offensive line coaches, I'm assuming that's a way to ask if there's going to be an offensive coordinator brought in.
1: Wes, you got a question for Nick?
2: Yeah, I'm going to venture a little way. With- a little bit away from recruiting and, and there's been a lot of talk about Armstrong and the energy he brings and, and mm-hmm. as far as the scheme being the same as uh, what Patrick Tony had so mm-hmm. what are the differences though? That there's been a lot of talk about the similarities of the scheme and everything being the same. What have you heard or what have you seen as far as maybe things that are different because I know me as a uh, fan and a lot of other fans and, and everybody that's following and watching all game Football, we want to see some changes. We're okay with the scheme being the same, being that they came in the second half of the year uh, doing spring and and all of that. But we wanted to see, we want to see a lot of differences because we feel, we felt like the, the team, uh, the defense was more passive than aggressive as a yeah. lot of uh, pass uh, get defenses. Uh, can you speak to that?
0: Yeah, I think they're, they both learned and, um, they're both from the Ron Roberts tree. Um, Ron was the defense coordinator for Billy at Louisiana from 18 to 19. <clears throat> um, and then I think he went to Baylor and he's at Auburn now. Um, so that's where Patrick and Austin both kind of get a lot of their calls their schemes and, and their philosophies and thought processes on defense. It's, it's from Ron Roberts. So that's where the similarities are. I think the biggest thing that, that will be the difference this year is I don't think that – Patrick Tony and Corey Raymond saw eye to eye on coverages and, and things like that. I think that uh if Patrick Toney's defense and is a young guy, he wanted he didn't want it to be, you know, uh, well, yeah, you had a good defense, but Corey Raymond was doing this and that. He wanted to have the final say. Um I and and a lot of times, I think, you know, I even questioned Jason Marshall last year, thinking. Did we just say he was – like, did we just build him up too high? Um, but maybe he's just a press man corner, and they weren't allowed to play press man last year. And he's off, and he's playing his own, and now he looks terrible. And I don't think that's what the kind of defense and coverage that Corey wanted to call. So I think the biggest thing that we'll see with Corey taking all of the secondary, I think you'll see his thoughts and, and his suggestions be taken more, more into account for the game plan. Um, Austin's a young guy super energetic um i think they're going to be very aggressive and, and you'll see blitzing from a lot of places we were told for the spring game hey it's going to be a vanilla defense uh they're they're not going to do a lot of crazy stuff uh and then the first drive i'm like they just brought six they just brought seven like what, what do you mean whoever told me this had no idea what the game plan was like he's coming for him um so it'll be interesting i think the defense is the defense is better um it's a baseball terminology, but you have to be good up the middle. Uh, we're talking about defense. I think at defensive tackle, nose tackle, you've gotten a lot better. Um, a couple better players, but the biggest thing is, I mean, Gervon Dexter played the third most snaps of any player on defense last year as a defensive tackle. That's wild. Uh, you can't have three hundred and thirty pound men playing sixty five seventy snaps a game. um they're gonna they're gonna run out of gas. And people were questioning Irvine. and towards the end of the season. I'm like, well, that's his fifth 500th snap of the year. He's probably, he's probably a little tired. Um, so I think the rotation you'll be able to have with Cam and Desmond and, and Banks and those guys, uh, Chris McClellan in the middle, you should keep them fresh. At, at linebacker, I, I, I probably still question how guys are going to be in coverage, but I really like Trahaja Mitchell. Um, and I like Shamar James. I think Scooby had looked good in the spring game um, after kind of bouncing around in the spring. Uh, and then my, my biggest question was at safety. I think you got a little bit better there um, through the transfer portal. And, and I really do like Miguel Um uh, I think he's going to be a great player. Um, and I love his skill set. So for me, Florida's gotten better up the middle um, on defense this year. And that should help them overall.
3: Yeah. Uh, Nick, I asked uh, Connor this while he was on the show. And I'm going to ask you. As far as, like, recruiting goes, who's a guy that isn't on the radar, that's flying real low, that you're really high on, uh, that you, you'd you like to speak about? Is there anybody that you seem like, man, this guy isn't getting enough praise. I hope we really get this guy.
0: Um, In terms of recruiting? Yeah. On the team. Um, hmm. Man, I, I'm not sure that I know one that I can pull off the top of my head. Um. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if I can pull one out off the top of my head. The, um, I think there's, there's one, uh, I'm blanking on his name. The running back from West Palm or the, from Palm beach. Um, that's committed, that's committed to us. Yes. Oh, Bowens. Bowens.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been think on I've really been on one. that
1: train since day one, that kid. Ooh.
0: Yeah. I, um uh, I was, I was walking out of one of our, um, one of our, uh, meetings and, and ran into, uh, one of the football coaches and, uh, apparently he is a very good chess player. Um, hmm. also I think speaks, uh, the coach said Chinese, but I'm guessing that's Mandarin. Um, so, so a really intelligent young man. Um, but I mentioned, I was like, yeah, it seems like no one's talking about Chauncey Bowens. And 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 I think he's really good based on what I've seen. And the coach like, yeah, just please stop talking about him. So I apologize um, <laughs> for bringing him up now. Yeah, but he, I think that that's a really kid's good Yeah, that running player.
1: back one and has been, yeah. I think, the whole time.
0: Yeah, and, and it'll be interesting to see how many running backs that Florida takes. Because I think you will lose Oh, Cam, Cam Carroll's out. I think you lose Montrell Johnson after this year. Um, So you really only have two. Do you take two? Do you take three? I think it'll be interesting to see. Or do you take one and look for something else in the portal? Um, So I think that's an interesting position.
1: They already – I mean, we know they offered the kid out of Houston that hit the Mm -hmm. portal this cycle. I mean, so they're obviously looking to try to add one more of experience to that room. And like you said, I can't blame them. You're going to have a very young room next year. I mean, now I'm sure – you know, I could see Trey on getting some carries this year you know, in mop up duties or, you know, hopefully nobody gets hurt and we have to play him, but you know, it's inevitable that he'll, he'll get some burn as well. The way that Billy uses the running backs. Nick, I would think, I would think like 85, 80,
0: 80%, 85 might be a little high between Montrell and Trev. Um, I, I, I don't know that I haven't been super impressed with Montrell as a pass catcher. and, And I think you might have to get the running ball into the game plan more. Um, and I think that's kind of where Cam Carroll and Tram Webb, uh, as well as ETN, kind of separate themselves from Montreal a little bit, is just in terms of being a being a receiver in the passing game out of the backfield.
1: Well, I know we sure all have been very impressed just in the limited sample size that we've got out of Carroll so far, just because he's such a physical specimen out there on the field. I yeah, like he, he made enjoys- me. He made me. He made me look stupid. I was like, I
0: don't know why a kid with one year of eligibility. Would show up to this running back room with it was e. a possible. Johnson. I was like, I don't get it. I I asked Jabar Jaluk, I was like, What the heck? You tell guy, like, it makes no sense for him to be here. Uh, and then I watched him and I talked to people who were at scrimmages, and I'm like, Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, no, he's gonna he'll get he'll get you know 60, 70 carries this year.
2: Well, people don't realize when the seat Naquan was getting a lot of carries before he fell out of rotation, it was Naquan. Then Montreal, then ETN, and then he, his struggles happen, and then that's when it went to the, yeah. just the two back. So he'll get you know uh, his fair share if he produces. With you got to show, you got to show what you get. So if you get the opportunities, mm-hmm. if he makes the best of them, I, I can see him in the in the rotation uh, uh, very well. But um, hopefully, I like to
1: see. Everyone just stays healthy. <laughs>
2: my question yeah. – uh, another question I had before. I don't know when we go here to baseball, and I, I want to ask this. Uh, it's, it's all over uh, recruiting. I'm not recruiting. It's all over in the timelines everywhere. Everybody's panicking about the quarterback position. Um, I'm not saying uh, Merce is going to throw for – he's not going to be Kyle Trask. I'm not saying that. Or Joe Burrow. I'm not saying that. But do you think – because I, my projection is defense is going to be a whole lot better – and I feel like we have good backs. If the if the O-line stays healthy uh and, and, and comes together and sail and stable and do what they can do with the, the O-line, if we run the ball well, do you think this team can win eight games with Mertz at quarterback? With the schedule too. We have a tough schedule as well. No.
0: Uh, <laughs> I think I think eight would be like everything went, everything went perfectly. Um <laughs> Graham Mertz, like, uh, my message board is flames me for this. They asked me about Graham Mertz early on in the spring, and I said he's fine. Um, He's unoffensive. He's okay. Um, He is not going to win, you know, an an All-SEC award. He's not going to be a Heisman contender. Um, He's serviceable. Um, Then someone's like, oh, Stetson Bennett is serviceable. I'm like, yeah, that's cool, because Stetson Bennett played on a team full of five stars from the last seven classes. He just needed that all to got exist. Drafted.
1: <laughs> He just
0: needed to exist. Yeah. He sets and Bennett played on the Philadelphia Eagles essentially. Um, <laughs> so I don't, I Graham Mertz and Florida Florida doesn't have that around him. I think Graham Mertz is, is just okay. If you look at his stats, his completion percentage got worse every single year he was at Wisconsin. So the the people that didn't like Anthony Richardson hated Anthony, and they're like, "Well, if Graham can throw six slant, he's better." I'm like, "All right, well, Graham also can't erase a bad call or great coverage from the other team with an 80 yard touchdown run, um, which which Anthony did." So the ultimately, I think Florida and before last season, I said I think Florida needs to run like 65, 35, uh, 70, 30, like they need to be a run team. Uh, I think that's even more so this year. Cause I love the running back room loved the offensive line before uh, there were injuries. And then I realized that they didn't kind of have, didn't have the depth I thought they did. Um, and that's not a position that stays healthy uh, frequently or for, for long. Stretches. So um, I think it's going to be important for Florida to get an offensive lineman in the transfer portal. Um, maybe if, if you can get a starter, great, but someone for depth, um, and when I look at that schedule, I mean there's just a run uh towards the end there, like after Georgia, that's just brutal. Um, I think on the road at Utah's brutal. It'll be interesting to see what does Cam rising look like. He tore his ACL on January first in the Rose Bowl. Um, even if he does play, is he Cam rising? You know, first game, eight months after um knee surgery. So no, I I I've I've been down on Florida, I think six and six, seven and five again. Um but you look at the schedule. There's just a bunch of games where they're going to be underdogs in, and, and I think if Graham Mertz can, if Graham Mertz can't at least make you respect him as a passer, and Florida can't figure out ways to to make defenses respect him as a passer, then you then you're not running the ball effectively because you're going to have you're gonna have to roll against a stacked box. So um, I think Graham Mertz is fine. I think he's going to be an okay quarterback. I think he's. Okay, uh, like Florida didn't. <laughs> I think Grayson McCall would have made Florida's offense a lot better uh, than, than Graham Well, But I'm, I've definitely been low on Graham Mertz um, since seeing him in the spring. Maybe maybe lower than I need to be, but it's just my opinion.
1: Nick, who are, who I mean, obviously we've heard reports, but you you saw a lot of this action personally. Who are some young guys that are really going to make their mark this year?
0: I love Andy Gene. Um really think he is I I, I got I got thinking on myself and I was like he reminds me of Antonio Callaway and Van and Van Jefferson. And then I realized like I, I think I like tweeted that out and I was like those are large shoes uh that he yeah. yeah. just dropped off. Set yourself you up for
1: complete <laughs> <Yeah>. complete bookmarks.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, like hey, I need to like I need to like find Andy's number and like hey man, I really need you to play well this year um just for the, same, hey, by the just, way, just for my sake I want to get by, trolled. by the way i, I i'm going to get roasted if you have seven catches this year so i am going to <laughs> need you to do some stuff i need um, you to at least but,
1: hit that 3700 yeah. mark and <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yeah um i think he's really good he's super polished um he's still a young guy um but i think he, especially with Xavier Henderson leaving i think he's going to have an opportunity to get some playing some playing time Um i really really like him and then he's kind of a young guy, but kind of not. And we really still haven't seen him. Um, I love him more and his potential. Um, obviously, had the shoulder injury that kept him out all last year. Or not all last year, but uh, for more than half the season. And then um, they kind of were protecting him this spring, keeping him in a non-contact jersey. But I think he's a guy who can contend to start across from Jake Marshall at cornerback. Uh, to Me, that's one that I'm really excited about, and I love, like Castell and Bryce Thornton. Uh, and and maybe it's a soft spot for Bryce Thornton because I think if he wasn't five foot ten, that he probably would would have been a five star. Um, but the kid just has instincts. He's crazy athletic. Um, and I was just talking with somebody the other day. we were talking about uh, trading and and Rashad Torrance. So forty times, I'm like, I'm a black around four seven, but he had instincts. He knew how to play football. He knew where to be. And I see a lot of that uh, from Bryce Thornton. I think he's just a really smart safety, a really smart football player.
1: Let me let me ask you. One more. Let me ask you about one more kid in the in the wake of Powell transferring out. Do you think we see uh, TJ Cersei play this year?
0: Yeah. So the, the big question for me with Cersei was well, are you only able to be in the package for third and fifteen? Are, like you know what I mean? Like, are you only a guy that we can say, "Hey, you have to go get a quarterback"? Like, they're definitely not running. So all long, I saw Mike P working with him, setting the edge, and we need to make you a player that we can put in on first down and and second down. We don't want you to only be a one trick pony this first year, and I I just kept seeing him get better and, and learn leverages and learn what he's supposed to do against the runner. It, it wasn't just a you know, uh, a blonde, gray hair on fire, go get the quarterback. So I think that's big. And, and I think TJ Cersei's the guy and Kelby Collins is another guy um, that that I, I would expect to play. And uh, I like talking about TJ because we always talked about Kelby and Will uh, and TJ was kind of like, oh, also ran, uh, you know, in the election, didn't get talked about, but yeah, I, I saw a lot of progression from him Um we all know that he can get to the quarterback uh you know in high school but I saw a lot of progression of him to to round out his game and he's not there yet um
1: but definitely taking strides yeah that's just a kid that if you follow along real closely with things you heard a lot about was impressing coaches in the weight room and with his practice habits and things of that nature CJ, you got a question, another question about Nick with football before we move on?
3: Yeah, what's, what's the, like, uh, the, the really the most encouraging thing that you've seen in the program, uh, this, thus far, maybe not, maybe not this year, like maybe, maybe this year we're, you know, it's just kind of doomed, you know, it's just kind of, it's just not, (laughs) it's just not, it's just not built, you know, to, to make a run this year, but like, what's, what's your encouraging thought to go beyond maybe 24,
0: 25, um, I, I, I would say 2022 was year zero. I, I you know, that was mm-hmm. you, if you if you, you bought a house that was crumbling. So you ripped everything down. There was a crack in the foundation. Now we're laying cement. Um, I, Florida is not going to compete for an SEC championship in my vision this year. Um, I don't think they have the roster to do that. What I think is, is encouraging a couple things. First, the second transfer portal window, a couple guys enter three of them do. That tells me even after guys go through spring and see, hey, I'm, I'm third, I'm fourth, they're buying, they have bought in. There aren't a bunch of guys leaving. Um, and, and you saw that all over the place of guys leaving. The other one is I think that they've got high school recruiting down. As much as I bragged on them this one, two-week stretch, I think they've got high school recruiting down. I've talked about this and asked this question. I still don't know the answer. When was the last time? that Florida had a quarterback like DJ Lagway, someone as talented as him committed this early in a cycle. And then going out and actively trying to build a class around him. You can't even say Tebow because Tebow went all the way down until signing day. Um, And it was Alabama, Florida all the way down. It was late. Now you you have the famous story of Brandon or uh, Brandon Spike saying, I'm going to go wherever he goes. Um, But DJ Lagway has been committed for months. And, and he might
1: as well be getting a check from the UAA. Cause he recruits <laughs> like he's on staff. Um, yeah, he's, we, we say it all the time. He's, he's got an Airbnb already in Gainesville. As much we time start as we,
0: we started calling him PJ DJ. He's got frequent flyer miles from, <laughs> from, uh, from Houston all the way, over, all the way to Gainesville. So to me, they've whatever Ryan O'Hara and Billy Napier are telling elite high school quarterbacks, those high school quarterbacks are buying it. So to me, you might get your, your teeth kicked in. And, you know, Last year, I, I, I equate last year, and I think we'd all have a different perspective if the Vanderbilt game didn't happen. I think last year is if you equate it to like a hike. You start this hike and you're, you're excited. Hey, we're getting some exercise. Beautiful day. Hike starts great. You beat Utah. All of a sudden it starts raining. You lose Kentucky. <laughs> you look terrible against USF. You lose Tennessee. Now this hike sucks. At the end of the season, at the end of the hike, you're like, all right, I'm glad. I glad I'm glad I did it. We got some exercise. It wasn't the best, but it's almost over. You get down to the, the parking lot, you get to your car, and then a skunk turns and sprays you. That was the <laughs> Vanderbilt loss. So now, so now you're you're driving home and you just you just smell it. You just smell you smell like skunk. <laughs> and if you beat if you beat Vanderbilt, you probably go to a different bowl game. Maybe you have more guys playing that bowl game. Maybe you're seven and five. Instead of six and seven, and we're talking completely differently about this team. It's just that Vanderbilt game just puts a stench on the entire season. Um, so to me, my encouraging things are the recruiting class. And even if Florida goes, let's say five and seven and misses a bowl game, this, this recruiting class has the potential to be a top three class in the country. And then to me, that symbol that symbolizes it doesn't matter what the record is. The program trajectory to me then looks good. Because the players, I think, that are the best on the team are guys that Billy Napier has brought in. And then that, that recruiting class shows me that you can compete with Georgia, you can compete with Alabama, LSU, A&M, Clemson, those teams. So to me, I don't care about wins and losses. I would love for Florida to win. I would love to go to the college football playoff. That would be fantastic. would love to cover that. Um, but to me, it's a long-term rebuild, and, and and I love what this coaching staff is doing in terms of recruiting at the high school level.
1: I couldn't agree more with that. I mean, I know a lot of people, they're going to, you know, we have the naysayers, they're going to nitpick whatever he does regardless. It doesn't matter. Uh, Canaan Daniels is a, um, he's a wildcat quarterback. He's not a running back. You have that, uh, you know, why don't we have receivers yet? Why don't we have tight ends? When are we going to get a tight end commitment? You know, and and they're valid questions, but I'm going to at least let us get through Friday Night Lights before I form that kind of opinion. Wes, yeah. you got anything else you want to add before we let these guys talk a little baseball?
0: Nah, I got a couple of baseball questions for Nick.
1: Oh my lord, what is going on here? Yeah. How was right.
0: how was my, my let me get a question in? How was my, my skunk story? That's All great, right. solid, good. That's, good. that's good.
3: that's up there with that's up there with me telling people that they needed to eat, they needed to take their medicine, and it tastes <laughs> like this. Yeah, I'm um, gonna have to take it.
1: I don't know if you saw the clip, but we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, and CJ equated the program to something like you did that you bought something and it and, and it was rotted and you had to peel back the the, the layers and mm. get to the rot. Right. And and rebuild through it and it and it takes time. And I you don't mean, like I'm, that. You know, we're already, I'm, you know, nobody's going to pass us off like the Florida Gators fan base is, is reasonable. Yeah. I mean, we're not. We're not a reasonable fan base. And we have reasons for not being reasonable. We've we've tasted the highest level multiple yeah. times in our lifetime. And it sucks to not be there. It sucks in the social media age because now we have yeah. uh, FSU Twitter is up because they had one good season. Georgia's been <laughs> up for three, four years. Bama doesn't even look at us. Miami. <laughs> yeah. delusional, so, I, mean. I mean, so well, we're, was we're like, basically what, Still playing we're, we're, we're trolling with that? Miami over recruiting wins and losses yeah. and who did, you know, and it sucks. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. But if you want to get back to that elite status, yeah. you're just going to have to
0: tolerate the – You can't keep hitting the – I mean, I've, I I grew up a Florida fan. My parents went here. Um, I never thought when I started covering the University of Florida in 2013 that I would be covering my fourth, fourth coach. football coach yeah. in in 10 years. So, like, you, you can't become Tennessee where you're just – Nope. Not working three years. Hit the reset button. Cause you're all you're doing is just resetting it and you're restarting and you're, that clock yeah, and, now. And you're piling you garbage some,
1: on top of garbage. You're just, you have layering. to make some
0: tough decisions, but like when, when they made Will Muschamp, Hey, the, the pro style is not working. We need to go spread. Well, that's just a last ditch Hail Mary effort. You've now recruited for four years for a system. And you're like, Hey, uh, those big 340 pound offensive linemen you have. Well, we need to we need to play spread now. He's like, Well, that's not what they do. Like, ah, well, better win some games or else you're getting fired this year. <laughs> what
2: offense is they,
1: they had DJ Humphreys, didn't they? He was a five-star. Yeah, was <laughs> yeah, that's and that's the thing is you only look at the stars. You don't look if they fit the scheme or, or the system. I mean, you look at the offensive linemen recruiting now. I love to see that we're recruiting 320 pound, six foot seven kids like, with the Wingspan that goes from center to you know to tackle. Basically,
2: I I kind of set CJ up for that when he went off. But basically, what what I what I said when he went on his excellent rant, sort of rant, was that people don't have to understand that the program is was broken. It's broken. We're not two thousand eight, two thousand six. That's not us anymore. I know we think that, and we entitled, and we want to feel privileged that we should get these five stars over here and there. But we are broken. And CJ took that and he just rolled off with. It. Yeah, I mean,
3: it's we got we got court. people talking about where they want to put the furniture in the house. Ain't even built yet. You know, yes. I, I think that's the main problem is is people are just they want to be back. We want to be back so bad. We all do. I mean, Austin I like Austin
0: Austin Simmons was one year old when Florida won a national championship <laughs> in 2006. Like that that's like that's not where the program is, and the kids you're recruiting don't
1: remember that either. No, they don't. You, but you sold that young man on a vision and got him excited. And I mean yeah. was, you watch that. So that tells you right now that Billy Napier can recruit his vision to Florida. Yes. He sold it to Lagway. He sold it to Simmons. I mean, you you I know he's out there selling it to the Jeremiah Smiths of the world. Billy you Napier
0: <laughs> beat out beat out USC and Lincoln Riley for DJ Lagway. Lincoln yep. Riley <laughs> is able to show you, hey. Number one pick, number one pick, number one pick, Heisman, Heisman. Devers Billy Winnie Napier. Deborah Clemson. Billy Napier outbeat out or out recruited those guys. Out recruited a guy who is a, who is able to show you college football playoff trophies, Heisman trophies. Billy Napier doesn't have that at Florida uh, uh, under him. So whatever he's selling to these quarterbacks, like I said. It's working, and, and you have to have a quarterback. You see it all across the country, except for Georgia, who had an entire NFL roster on their team and, in the and last a bench years. full
1: of five-star quarterbacks. That yeah, didn't, you've, yeah. you've either got to have a quarterback,
3: <laughs> or you've got to have everything else.
1: Yes. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, we're going to move on from a program, obviously that that that's not quite there yet, to a program that is very close once again. And of course that's the Gator baseball team. And I'm going to step back and I'm going to let you guys just talk it out. Cause I mean, I'm, I'm got my Jack Cadley on t-shirt here, you know, and all that. But other than that, I'm, I'm a little deaf, dumb and blind about as far as the baseball team goes. I'm going to so, save
3: you know. my, I'm going to save my questions. For
1: so, y'all have so CJ, go I'm going to let you take the reins
3: here, buddy. I'll go ahead and get like, just started. Like Nick, you've covered a lot of the guys that are in the major league now that you're talking yeah. like Alonzo and Bader and India, where does, where does the guys like Wyatt Langford and Jack Cagley on stack up? Are they, they're on that level or are they above that level?
0: I think it's so funny. Um talking to my buddy, Jacob Rudner, who he's, I mean, he started last year. Um, he's like, who, who's some of the best players you've seen? And I'm like, like, I've been covering SEC baseball for a decade. I've seen a lot of great players. Right. Um, I think the best player, the two best, I'll do three best. They're all pitchers. Um, My favorite was Logan Shore. Logan mm-hmm. Shore took over pitching on Friday nights as a freshman. Um, And when I went to the park on Friday night, I knew a couple things. One, the game was going to be under three hours, 100%. Two, <laughs> He was not giving up more than four runs, uh, and the was going to have a chance to win because that's just what Logan Shore did. Uh, the other two, Brady Singer, Alex Fajardo. I loved Mike Rivera. I played catcher uh, in outfield, so I have a soft spot for catchers. Um, I think Wyatt Langford has has potential, you know, when I, when I sit back and, and think about it, to be put into that kind of group. Um, the year that he had last year and what he's doing this year um, it is just incredible. And, and Jack Caglione, I would put him in terms of raw power. I would put him up there with Pete. I remember, uh, at the old McKeithen stadium, Pete hit a home run. Um, I used to call it the uh, graveyard between the foul poles. In right. uh, center field. because where home run, home runs went to die. Um, and Pete <laughs> hit a home run that hit the TV tower out there. And I asked him about, it, he goes, I've been waiting to do that for three years. Cause the ball just didn't carry there. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, today I was talking to somebody, Jack Caglione hit a home run today off batting practice. So it's a pitching machine, 55 miles an hour over the scoreboard, which means he had to supply the power because the ball's not coming in any harder than, than, uh, me or Hirsch could throw it there. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, in terms of raw power, I think he can get it there. He's got to figure some stuff out on the mound, um, his, his walk, his strike or walk per nine is, is I think over five over or close. Uh, and, close and do to you
3: just relate all that to the Tommy Johns
0: yeah, I just think, getting I control think,
3: back? I think he's you're, got the
0: yeah, yeah. And the biggest thing too. So Jack, what's really impressive about Jack is he couldn't hit a changeup. It was getting murdered by changeups the first two weeks, Miami comes in, they know it. Now he's got, now he's got some tape. They got a book on him. Throws a changeup, boom, home run. He, the way he, studies the game studies himself and how his opponents are attacking him. I think is so beyond what I've seen from freshmen and sophomores. It's such a mature approach. And I think he's had that approach as a pitcher as well, because his first start, he's all juiced up hundred miles an hour, 99. I'm like, if you're the closer, you can do that, but you're not going to last to the seventh doing that, especially 17 months from time to- removed from Tommy John. Um, so, when you see him, he's throwing 93 to 95. Hey, I'll live 93 95. You're six foot four, six foot five left handed. You don't need to throw 99. 94 is fine if you can mm-hmm. locate it, but he's not. The other mm-hmm. thing is, I think he needs to. And I don't know, I, I don't know how to tell anyone to do this, but he tore his UCL with his uh, throwing his cutter. And just the way that he grips, I don't have a baseball here, but the way that he grips his cutter, he just puts a ton of pressure on that middle finger. And if you did that and you were holding it, you can feel everything in your forearm kind of tense up. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think if I tore my UCL, I'd probably not want to throw the pitch that that I tore it on. Um, So I think he needs to mentally kind of get over that because it's a, it's another pitch, which will give him four in his arsenal um, and and make him a better pitcher. But like to to your original question, control is kind of the last thing that comes back um, and command. Last thing that comes back after Tommy John for guys.
3: So we're looking at the mound in general. We've got, you know, Sprout who's the Friday night mm-hmm. guy. I remember getting a text message from somebody that said, Sprout's coming back. And this was like a month or two. This was like right after he got drafted by the Mets. And I was shocked. I was like, really? He's coming back? Yeah, Because I, I couldn't believe that. And, and is has been pretty good this year. He's had a couple of games where not great, just bad nights. But as a Friday night guy, I don't think he gets enough credit. I and mean, A lot of that's to do, though, with – my guy, Hurston Waldrop, is my hometown. Chew. I watched him pitch. He throws a splitter better than anybody else in baseball. It, what are you seeing from the mound? And then talk a little bit, too, about Neely. Neely was a guy that I expected to be in the starting rotation mm-hmm. this year. Um, I saw him throw you know no-hitter against Arkansas through seven innings last year. Um, you know, I really expected him to be a guy that was going to be mm-hmm. in the rotation. Just talk a little bit more about the pitching rotation at Florida and what you like, especially from a guy that like Waldrop, who's going to be in the first round with yeah. Wyatt Langford this year.
0: Yeah, Waldrop, Waldrop should be a top fifteen pick. Um, Wyatt Langford should be a top ten pick. Brandon Sproat will be drafted in the first three rounds. I think Josh Rivera goes in the top five rounds. Um on the mound, you're missing a six foot eight left-handed pitcher who was one of the best pitchers in the country two cycles ago in Pierce Kapala. I was Mr. gonna
3: ask you about about Capala too with his injury too, because he was yeah. he was projected to be a, a top eight pick in his class with you know in the in the
0: twenty four class. I think if Pierce was healthy, um, he would be your son. He would have been the Sunday starter from from the beginning of the year. Um, you're also missing Jay Clemente, who's also out with with a shoulder uh, a shoulder injury um, from uh, Stoneman Douglas, who won back to back national championships in high school. He's a guy who throws 95 miles an hour, in an 18 year old. So as good as as pitching staff has been, and people are like, "Ah, oh, the bullpen stinks." I'm like, "You're missing two guys who would have mm-hmm. had a huge role." And you haven't seen him pitch at all this year. Um, any weekend you go in, you have to feel good about winning two games if you're Florida uh, with Brandon and, and Hurston. It's really interesting to me, and this might be nerdy baseball, um, but slide curveballs curveballs are kind of coming back, but everyone really throws fastball slider, uh, mm-hmm. and, and everyone's got that. It's really unique that both the Florida's one and two, their secondary pitch is not a slider. They're both. 95 to 99 fastballs and then sprout has a nasty changeup and and Waltrip's go-to pitch is that is that splitter which is filthy. Um right. filthy. So that's interesting. Both guys have four or five pitch arsenals too. Um but you're getting a completely different look than what guys are used to. Um Waldrips I think getting close to if not already at 100 strikeouts um and and, ha- and has been dominant. I, the only thing is and I went back and I crunched the numbers and it's not just the, the bullpen. Everyone has been walking guys. This is the worst walk to nine ratio that Kevin O'Sullivan's ever had. Uh, it's up near five per nine. Um, so that's the biggest thing. But to me, the starting rotation, especially if you can get Jack in there, um, Brandon Neely, I don't think, um, wink, wink, I don't think that he was happy with his role um, because I, it, you never expected, like you said, Brandon Sprots to come back, which meant Neely was going to be Friday night guy or Saturday night guy. Then Sprots comes back, and you get Waldrip, Uh And now you're competing with three guys, and you lose out um, to them, and now you're asked to not be a starter and, and to pitch out of the bullpen. But um, he has filled that role. Uh, and he needs to stop yelling, come on. because uh, how, how dare he? How dare he? How dare you celebrate <laughs> your success? How dare um, you strike your rival out? But Florida Florida's got in an, an unbelievable and I, I totally understand Kevin O'Sullivan's frustration because your three starting pitcher, or definitely your Friday and Saturday guys, can give you six, maybe seven. And Neely's a starter, kind of like Michael Byrne. Neely's a starter that just has been put into a closer role. Brandon Neely can give you four innings on a weekend. You're you're really looking for three innings from the bullpen just right. to just to piece together to bridge something. So um, I feel like the bullpen gaslights me every time I want to, every time I want to quit on them, they come out and last night, Blake Purnell shoves, um, yeah. you know, Nick Fick looked good. But I feel like the bullpen's gaslighting me.
3: Yeah. It's, it's wild because like, we'll do it here. You know, I'll talk about guys like Abner, Abner went on a run and I love Abner. Phil, yeah. Phil, Phil's great. Phil on the Hill, baby. Uh, um,
0: Phil, Phil on the Hill.
3: I mean, and he'll, uh, you know, uh, he had like what, what a point five four. ERA in high school, just an absolute mess, and that's a lot of the guys in the bullpen were just great high school prospects. It's not like these guys didn't jump off the page in high school. What what is missing in the bullpen in, in your mind? Like what what's what's going on there to where they can look so great and so dominant for one series, and the same guy will come out like like Cle- last night, you know, Cleet had a bad, really bad inning, but Cleet had been pretty solid in most of his starts. So what what's what are you seeing from the bullpen that's that's kind of been so wishy-washy?
0: I think it's mental. And I've said it all year long cuz people have told me um that the bullpen stinks. And I say it's not a talent issue. I think it, it's there's so there's a lot of talent there and there's not a lot of innings. Um and the first month of the season is just used to see it's an audition uh it's like an american idol open audition and who and whoever performs well during those auditions gets to make it to the show with the show being the sec schedule so now if i'm coming out of the bullpen all right well i'm i'm only gonna get two appearances this week and i can't i can't do bad or and i go out and i have a bad outing and now i'm pressing on my next one so i think to me it was just mental because guys like blake pernell um, you saw how good he was. Nick Figueroa, you've seen how good he was. Cleet Hartzog, um, I think he has maxed out the potential of what his body can do. We you look at his spin rate when I sit next to the Yakker tech, he has like elite MLB analytics on his with his spin rate. Um and had, I think, 12 strikeouts in like six and the third innings going into last night, and then just has a bad outing. Um, I think to me it's never been a talent issue. Florida's never lacked talent in arms since Kevin O'Sullivan's been here. I think guys are just pressing because there were only limited – there are so, so many arms in the bullpen and not enough innings to get them. And everyone knows if I don't perform well in February, I'm not going to play in the SEC in March.
3: All right. And, and, now I'll, and I'll kind of step back from just Florida, and I want to talk about more like the grand scope of baseball in general and like where we're at now. You've got a team like LSU – that has been red hot LSU is they've had similar bullpen issues, mm-hmm. but it seems like they're hitting the ball better than we are to make up for it. Tennessee has gotten hot. Vanderbilt is Vanderbilt. Um, where do you, what do you see Florida falling in the the SEC conversation? Do you think there's a chance to win that tournament in Hoover um, or, or, you know, where are we, as far as national seating, do you still think we get a top eight seed?
0: Well, I have to apologize. Um, Tennessee was scuffling; they were sliding. Um, and I tweeted, "If Tennessee doesn't figure something out, they they might miss Hoover. Not miss mm. the NCAA tournament. They might, right. might miss the SEC tournament." Uh, and ever since that, they have they have been bullying teams. So that's my bad, guys. I apologize. At um, least you said it need, after need, we played them. I need. Yeah, you're were, you were welcome for that. But I need, <laughs> I need, this is this is the new USF, and I was like, USF's a bad team. And then they beat Florida, and I had to eat it from their fan base um this is the new US, USF not USC mm-hmm. USF um i i i put i kind of looked at the schedules remaining so the teams i think that can win it would be vandy uh south carolina uh florida and obviously lsu lsu i think has the easiest schedule in terms of of who they have left i don't think florida's schedule is easy but i think it plays out really well for them texas and m is is really struggling um they don't they haven't had an answer Uh, for who to bring in in the bullpen. They haven't had guys hit consistently. Um, They've just had a mess of a season. You have to go and play at their park, um, but they've just been bad. Um, I think before last week I said, if you can win five out of six, if you're the Gators, if you can win five out of six in the next two weekends, you have a chance to win the SEC. Um, You you have to play Vanderbilt, but you get Vanderbilt at home, which is a huge advantage, Uh, and then you go to Kentucky, um, so – Florida, Florida, if they can win two out of three at Texas A&M, I think has a chance to control their own destiny. And then I went and looked at LSU's schedule. Um, I don't have it pulled up right now, but LSU's schedule was very favorable the rest of the way. So you'd need LSU to, to, to slip up if you wanted to win the SEC outright. Um, I don't think Florida will win the SEC tournament because I think by the time that Florida gets to Hoover, they will have already locked up a top eight national seed. And at that point, Kevin O'Sullivan um, just wants to get his starting pitching rotation for regionals, get them their start. Hey, Brandon, you're going to go out and you're going to throw 75 in game one. Hurston, you're going to throw 75 in game two. Jack, game three, you throw whatever. And then after that, you don't really care. You just want to get your your pitchers ready. The only coach Mm -hmm. I knew that really, really loved winning that tournament was Paul Maneri at LSU. Mm And it, he could be the number one team in the country. He didn't care. He he would use all of his pitchers <laughs> all the way up till till Sunday. But um, it's just unfortunate because it would be cool if that t- if there was like an extra week before and you'd really yeah. see teams go after it and try to win it. But it's so many games and you're really just trying to. And it's a
3: slog in Hoover because it's gonna rain. Oh, I mean, it, it, you know, it's going to rain. hundred it every rain. year. If they just go to the trop and play there on the roof, I'd rather yeah. them do that. But you build, you build this this mausoleum of baseball and Hoover. It, I totally get it is a mausoleum.
0: Yeah, and but, and they keep telling me they're like, oh, they put a bunch of money into it. I'm like, where? <laughs> <laughs> where? <laughs> it's, I've been, I've been there a bunch. Which
3: uh mid major program do you see having a really good chance to win the World Series and why is it the Campbell Camels?
0: I love Campbell. Um I would have said coastal until they had a they had a rough week last week. Um, I love Campbell. Um it might be the second best mascot in, in college baseball behind the dirtbags. Yeah, the dirtbags. Uh, Long, <laughs> um, Long Beach State. Um I really do like Campbell. Baseball is so interesting. Um, and, and I've tried to explain this to people. They're like, it's embarrassing that you lost to USF. And I'm like, this isn't football. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of talent in baseball. There's only 11.7 scholarships. There's a lot of right. parity. Um, Coastal Carolina won by throwing, I forget the guy's name, but throwing a pitcher. He was throwing 130 pitches and taking coming back on three days rest and throwing again. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, a, a guy can just twirl a great game and, and, and neutralize you, but... Um, there's a couple teams. I, I would not want, if I'm a Florida fan, I would not want to see FGCU in the Gainesville Regional. Yeah. Um, They're dunk city. They're they're bomb city this year. They, they're they leading the country in home runs. They're a legit team. Um, There's a bunch of teams in the state of Florida that I think could make a run. But I think Campbell's probably up there. I'd say Campbell and Coastal.
3: Yeah. Wes, you had some questions you want to ask Nick? Yeah,
2: you kind of uh,
0: alluded to one of my questions
2: about uh, the tiers. So uh, I live in South Carolina, of course. Uh, and, you know, we came down here a couple weeks ago and, you know, got swept. So uh, and there's a lot of stuff. Of course, Vanderbilt is always the class. And then the LSU is up there. Do you put Florida in that class with LSU, with Vandy and with South Carolina? Or are we in the second tier this year or overall? This year, this year.
0: Yeah, no, Florida's uh, – there's nobody that's outclassing Florida. Um, and, and and I think they're on par with LSU. Um, I think – I would love to see Florida and South Carolina play in Hoover. Um, South Carolina, Founders Park is just an awesome environment, and, and they play yeah. so well there. I think they're 24-1 at home with the only loss at home being to LSU this year. There's nothing else here, so they care about the
2: Gamecocks a lot. So <laughs> that's all they
0: have. <laughs> it's and they had a really good pro. They had a bunch of guys throw really, really well. So to me, it's 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 hard. The SEC East specifically is really, really good this year. Um, Sully and Corbs. It's it's a little easier at Vanderbilt with the kind of grants and things they have, being a uh, a public school. They are a private school. They don't have to. Uh, really abide to that 11.7 scholarships because they've got all, all kinds of other stuff. So that's, they'll always have a good program, especially as long as Corbs is there. Um, but yeah, I would not say that Florida is second fiddle to, to any team in the SEC. And yeah. my
2: last question is, is Catalan the best player in, in, in college baseball this year?
0: No, no, I think Dylan, I think Dylan Cruz is Dylan Paul Skeens. Paul Skeens. I was about to say too.
3: Skeen's Skeen's is probably the one I would, uh,
0: Skeens is, but but to me, it's Dylan Cruz. He was hitting over 535 games into the season. Um, I saw
1: a mock draft today where he was number two and uh, Wyatt was number three. And I can't yeah. remember who was number one. Yeah,
0: I, I, Skeens. Ske- Skeens. Skeens, I, <laughs> I L- think it probably Skeens. was. Oh, yeah. I don't know yeah, the names cool.
1: like you guys do, but I yeah. saw, you know – <laughs> yeah,
0: I'd, I have to, I'd have to do research, and I'm not going to because I don't cover LSU, but I don't know if a college team has ever had guys go 1-2 in the mm-hmm. draft, and, and, and right now I think that is the most likely option, that you'll get 1-2 from LSU, and, and I think Wyatt Langford, I don't know if we we'll go 3, but I think Wyatt Langford is certainly a top 10 pick.
1: Yeah, they had uh, him listed as as missing a, a a portion of time this season with a midsection injury. <laughs> that I thought was, was just, I just thought was the most comical explanation of It was of an that injury, injury I've ever seen.
0: <laughs> but below the armpits, above the knees, somewhere yeah, in there. Yeah, got
3: hit where you never want to get hit with a baseball
0: He was deflated.
1: Let's just say that. He was out with a ah,
3: <laughs> poor, poor guy He's flinched. And I'll ask this will be the last my last question. How important was the COVID extra year to college baseball right now? Cause we saw it last year with Tennessee. Do you see that really why LSU is, is stacked as they are right now from a lot of guys
0: just having that extra year to play? Well, it threw it, it threw it into whack. Um, mm-hmm. Because then you add the transfer portal on top of it. Uh, and then you add NIL. I think LSU is really stacked right now. Cause they had an awesome NIL movement for baseball. Those people down there, um, fine folks in Louisiana, they love baseball um got tommy tanks got paul Skeens. they got a bunch of guys from the portal um that the portal is going to be interesting for florida because i think bt riapel was kind of like a science experiment for Sully. like can this work um they've recruited so well at the high school level they didn't know that they needed to use the portal and then they went to georgia or they went to jacksonville to play georgia in, in the fall game one year and you look at georgia's Lineup And everyone was graduates and, and seniors and, and juniors and the graduates were six year seniors. And now you've got a bunch of really good guys, but they're 17, 18 years old playing against 24 year old men. Mm-hmm. Um, so the transfer portal and the covid year, I think, have made teams like Campbell teams like, uh, you know, mid major teams be able to compete more because now you've got guys who have been playing together for five, six years. Um, and they're staying in college because a lot of those guys might not have great pro pot prospects. So I think it's it's created even more parity in a sport that's had a bunch of parity while also giving coaches immeasurable headaches because then you had the draft was shortened. Well, we had a class that we didn't think the draft was going to be shortened, so we signed too many and we had to give send guys to go elsewhere. So it's been a mess. All the coaches I've talked to um, are looking forward to all the guys with covid Uh, eligibility left (laughs) to be done and to be out so they can kind of get back to their normal way way of life because you know florida had to have florida had to have some tough conversations with a lot of people after that 2020 draft when it was supposed to be 40 some rounds and they only did five and now you're getting your entire draft class shown to campus and you got to tell guys who are on campus hey we don't have any money left for you and then you're hitting the portal and then they had the extra year left so now they've got four years left or three years left so uh the covid year threw a bigger wrench into baseball specifically because of the scholarships uh than it did in any other sport i think
3: that's it for me guys unless you guys have any questions for Nick?
1: no man y'all guys covered it i just enjoyed i, I just sat back and enjoyed listening man because this year has really brought me into the college baseball world more than any other season job and jack specifically just watching yeah Jack just put it out there, man. Like, you know, I always watched when Pete was out there and Jonathan India and, and a, some, a bunch of the aforementioned guys. But this year, man, I've just really enjoyed following the chase and watching Nick cover it night to night. You know, Nick Nick's always on point with his baseball coverage.
0: Well, there's so, a um, – I just got the text. I was going to wait for it. There, there's a new – you you said Alma Mater was a sponsor. There's a yeah. new uh, Jack Tani. Uh, I think they just tweeted about their new Jack Tawny shirt from Alma Mater. Awesome! That's oh that's man, that's great. That that's is, great. Yeah, we'll that's have to it, check uh, that
1: out, guys. We'll have the link for you in our on Twitter tomorrow, so you can go get that Jack Tawny T-shirt, man, and um support these guys. Like we said, Alma Mater is really unique in that they give money back to these young men through NIL opportunities. So we always want to support not only Gator businesses but our Gator athletes. Guys, you got anything else you want to add before we jump? I think we covered nah, it, man. Like, Thank y'all got it? Feel no,
2: appreciate just appreciate you, Nick, uh, always. I think this is your second time
0: on the show, so
1: yep. you yeah. give us time, man. Nick, hey, we, sure to, we appreciate Nick. having you on, man. Where, Nick, tell the people where they can find you at, man.
0: I don't, I don't know. Depending on what take I have on what day, I don't know if I want <laughs> people to find me. <laughs> uh, it's just at Delatore, my last name on Twitter. Um, you can find us. Uh, everything we write and uh, me and Zach's podcast at Gators online. It's on the on three network. And then of course, same corner, same time with Silk and Dan on stadium and Gale.
1: Yeah. if, If there's a bad take, remember it was Dan.
0: Hey, it was always Dan.
1: It's always Dan. It was it's always Dan. Dan. <laughs> it was Dan. John Ruiz hates Florida because of Dan. Yeah, it's yeah. all Dan's fault.
0: <laughs> we're, working, we're working on a uh, a GoFundMe for Dan uh, since his investment <laughs> has gone south. Yeah, hey, I'm, I
1: own two shares myself. I'm I'm oh. really saddened. By the way, oh. this is trending. <laughs> uh, oh man. Nick, we sure do appreciate having you on, man. It's always a pleasure. We appreciate all information you bring to the table for us, man. We can't wait to have you on again, maybe sometime after Friday Night Lights or after maybe after the, we go to the World Series and win it. We'll have you back oh, on. That's it. Right. I'm, get, I'm getting married, and I'll be in
0: Europe after that. Uh, that's a that's a whole other oh, issue. you uh,
1: married. <laughs> get married. So understand. Take the laptop. We'll hook it up. I'm getting married
0: married June 30th, and I think if it goes to three games, the last game of the College World Series would be June 26th or 27th. Um, And I'm not getting married in Omaha.
1: Man, uh, I tell you so, what, UF tried to really stick it to you by moving up Friday you're night. You sure Earth's you don't want to yeah. get, didn't you don't get
0: yeah. buried in beautiful Omaha, Nebraska? Well, you know you know what? Uh, if, if I'm in <laughs> Omaha, Nebraska on June 30th, they might as well bury me because I'm not getting married. I hear the corn
1: is beautiful in, in Nebraska. Around that yeah, they're gonna
0: <laughs> well, leave Nick in well, it. Uh, I'll be yeah, I'll oh be the fertilizer. God. the The corn, the corn will grow quick because i, I can be fertilizer. If, I, if I'm in Nebraska, the the field, field
3: of dreams out there.
0: Yeah, yeah, there you go. What's the name All of that,
3: right. um,
2: that show? That movie with uh, uh where he buried his wife in the, in the cornfield, eating the corn. Um, I can't remember. Joe uh, Wes is going way
1: off the rails. We're going <laughs> to just have to cut him <laughs> off. Somebody mute I Wes. I can't remember. Man. <laughs>
0: man, I appreciate y'all for having me on. Yeah, man, thank, man, you always, so much, thank you so much, Nick. We
1: appreciate it, brother. <laughs> guys as always we appreciate you tuning in man and, and listen to us talk a little football and a lot more baseball in this episode it's a passion you know for cj every week to bring you the uh the, the week that was in gator baseball uh cj you got anything before we jump out
3: i just want to make sure you guys know that you're always supporting us as creators make sure that you leave a like you leave a comment and you subscribe next week we're going to give away the hat we're giving yes. away the hat we're drawing if your name's not in the hat now too late. You missed out. You don't get the Sunday white hat. You don't You don't get it unless you go and use our link in the description and go buy it from our friends at Alma Water. It is a beautiful hat with the Florida script on the front. And One of you guys are going to win it. You're going to follow our Twitter page. Follow the Facebook. Get the updates on what's going on with that and we're sending it out. If you don't respond to us, if you win the draw, we're going to have to move on to pick somebody else. So You guys better make sure you're paying attention. You got your notifications on. Uh, check out the Patreon if you haven't done that. Um, check us out on Twitter. I'm sure me, Wes, and um hers are gonna you know be be happy to banter back and forth with you guys on twitter uh you can check nick out at twitter as well you know he's always got some banter uh (laughs) (laughs) banter (laughs) so just make sure you guys are always supporting us creator it helps us out a bunch and we're on the road to a thousand subscribers we're right on the edge maybe nick can give us the push here get us right over the edge here (laughs) uh (laughs)
1: <laughs> and help a lot of power on Nick, a lot of pressure yeah, on Nick That's right,
3: man, Nick has got all the answers man. He's... <laughs> 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 but thank you guys so much We really appreciate all the support
1: Yes sir, Wes, take us home
3: Yeah, as those guys said We
2: appreciate you uh, for following us uh, Our subscriptions have moved up Each, every week uh, Last week was our most watched episode So I'm pretty sure that we have the marvelous Nick on here tonight uh, This is going to supersede What we had last week um, And as uh uh, Hersh and CJ said the link will be in the comments on YouTube. So if you don't see it on Twitter, if you don't have Twitter, go on YouTube in the comments and uh, uh, hit, click that link for Almire to uh, to purchase anything you want from. Uh, just view the website. It might be candles, it might be jerseys, it could be anything. Uh, man said but candles. Yeah, well, the candles are on there. It may be for your wife. Mother's Day is coming up. Mother's Day is for, <laughs> for the man too. You, if you like to smell the candles? <laughs> yeah, you know? so, that's <laughs>
0: on there, man. So I like a good uh, candle.
2: Yeah, so, you know, might have to set the mood right for Sunday. So who knows? But uh, do that, and as always, this is a this is a podcast that support our troops. So thank you to all our troops out there that are giving us the ability to do what we do and would just be free and uh, give this uh, feedback as far as what's going on in Gator Nation, baseball around the bases with CJ and now Nick tonight featuring. And as far as our recruiting, as far as respect our decisions. So we thank you guys, we salute you guys, and as always, go Gators,
3: go Gators, go Gators. Oh, my God.